So in today's episode of the Elite Physique Training Podcast, we're going to discuss um, the three of us. We've got, uh, obviously, James here. We've got Michelle here today. Pleasure to have her here. Um, and obviously, myself, Gareth. We're going to be discussing the different ways to skin a cat when it comes to fat loss. So we're all coaches. We'll work with different people. James, what are you going to say? It's also a pleasure to have me here as well. Just it's a pleasure. <laughs> of course, it's always a pleasure. The thing is, mate, I, I see you all the time. Like... <laughs> I only saw you like two days ago. <laughs> exactly. like, we were sat, you know, for, for a whole day in a, in a seminar on, on bikini competitors, um, watching, um, you know, watching posing for a whole day together. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, and, and sat there eating cream of rice together. So it's one of those things. <laughs> but no, so obviously we're discussing different ways to skin a cat when it comes to, to fat loss and different approaches that people take, as well as ourselves as, as well and, and how we do things. So we're going to break things down very, very simply. And we're just going to start talking about cardio, really. So James, let's talk like about what you do yourself um, with regards to cardio, what you like for yourself, what your current approach is, what your approach is around kind of prep. So currently I am in the off season. Um, I still keep cardio in fasted every morning just to keep sort of heart health and to keep body fat in a, you know, a fairly reasonable position. Um, but in a prep, in a fat loss phase, I will do cardio fasted in the morning and normally post-workout. The last prep was brutal and it ended up being uh, two hours on the Stairmaster um, I think it was every single day. So hour in the morning, fasted, trained for an hour or hour plus, and then another hour. So it was, it was brutal, quite, quite simply. But, <laughs> but it paid off, and we got the job done. And, and you know, hopefully this year, it's different. Um, I know the approach will be the same in terms of cardio pre and post, but I'm hoping it won't be. Well, always hope, but when your goal is as big as it is, it's on a needs basis. And if you're talking about being an Olympian or turning pro, then you quite simply, you just do what it takes. Let's actually just, just before we move on to Michelle, let, let's touch on that subject because you mentioned fasted. Do you think that there's a benefit to fasted versus non-fasted cardio? Scientifically, I don't believe so. Um, depending on if you're using other things to go along with it. So you might be using caffeine or something so that helps boost heart rate um, so that might have some sort of effect in the morning rather than after eating um, but more psychologically so to get up in the morning first thing tick a massive box tick one hour off your day or of cardio off your day kind of puts you in a positive mindset whereas if you actually break down the end of my prep if I had to do two hours still after my training session go to work all day and that all you're going to do is dread that two hours and that two hours is probably going to be suboptimal because who can go two hours on a, on a Stairmaster at the same rate or that they would for the two separate hours, if that makes sense? Yeah, I, I suppose, well, what we're talking about is what does the science say versus real world actually skin in the game, you know, feet in the trenches, although I hate that comparison, mm. but, you know, you, you're actually doing it and, and how your mindset changes around that. Because I suppose if you looked at the science, you'd be like, well, you know what? There's no benefit to, be, to me doing fasted, so I won't do fasted. I'll do my two hours at the end of the day and it'll be absolutely fine. But from a mental perspective, you're, you're in a much better space if you're able to split that down, high quality mm. of output when you're doing it as well, aren't you? Yeah, exactly that. And... You have to look at people's lives in general, even myself, because that's what we're talking about. But like, I have a child. So for me to get home in the evening or to spend an extra two hours in the gym of cardio, let alone the training, 
takes away valuable family time. So if I get up in the morning before he's even awake, I've ticked off half my cardio and I can utilize the time I have available to do, you know, things that I enjoy. So Michelle, really, same, same question to you. So yeah. obviously you're um, prepping for two Arnold's at the moment, UK yeah. and US. Um, what's your current approach to cardio? What cardio do you do, do you do in the off season? What cardio are you doing right now? So I, I actually walk to work fasted. Um, again, um, I do that because I want my, my calories to utilize it around gymnastics. So different goal, different approach. Um, and from a mental space, that means um, it kind of focuses me, it wakes me up, I get to think while I'm walking, um, and it keeps me in a deficit as well. Um, so I like to do that from a psychological point of view. Um, I also like to walk to work because it gets me in the mood and the mindset to tackle the day, because um, I have a lot to do in the day. So I do that, um, and then I have to do gymnastics first, but my calories is prioritized around that. Um, weights, I have been known on a weight day to do it fasted. Um, and that is because I've adapted my body to do weights um, very successfully, so, you know, not tired, um, and focused, fasted, because um, in the morning I feel more alert. Well, it, it's like we chatted about on the, on the previous podcast, really. It's about you, um, I suppose, it's performance it's fueling yourself for performance versus fueling yourself for your, your body comp style workouts isn't it yes you're placing your carbohydrates around when you need the performance yes versus prioritizing you know myself and james for example might be thinking why is she not putting her carbs on training days whereas for you because that's less of the priority yes you know you, you need to be putting those carbs around the the, the performance perspective don't you yes really so yeah so I suppose I, I, sh I should talk about myself <laughs> for a minute. Oh, was so you walk yeah. as your cardio, fasted, to the yeah. gym before yeah. work. Yes. So when do you eat? Well, I don't understand. So you're walking to the gym yes. to train people. Yes. And then when do you eat? Um, so I schedule in. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> I schedule in times that I need to eat. Um, and that's the, that's the beauty of being self-employed. <laughs> so you're not, you, you're not really... <sighs> it's basically intermittent fasting, yeah, yes. That's yeah. That's how my body yeah. works. Yes. I, I actually prefer to have um, a... I do intermittent fasting um, subconsciously. Um, and I love having a 14-hour period of non-eating. Okay, so what, what, when do you have that first meal in the morning then? So I tend to have the first meal after I do about two clients, two to three clients. Okay. As always, we're going off tangent here. We were yes. talking about cardio. <laughs> so let's really back in. Let, let's come, come back kind of into, the, in, in, into that in, in a bit, I think. Um, so you're not really doing traditional cardio by the sense of it at all, are you? No. Some people would be like, oh, well, I walk to work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. not losing fat, I'm walking to work. Or see it in another way of, oh, I'm walking to work, I'm doing cardio. Yeah. You know, yes. yeah. I don't need to do any other cardio. Yeah. But you can kind of get away with it to a degree, can't you, because of your output during the day anyway. Yeah, so my output equals that I am in a deficit throughout the day. Um, also, gymnastics is like me being on a Stairmaster at level 12. <laughs> so. Have you ever actually got, just out of interest, have you got your heart rate 
during gymnastics? Is it, do, is it more like, could we compare it to something like a high interval training, high intensity, yes. little bit of rest, high intensity, little bit of rest? Yeah, one time my heart rate reached 141. Okay. It's pretty high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, my resting heart rate is actually pretty low, so it can go down between 60 and 52. 52 to 60 is my resting heart rate. Okay. So I suppose, again, should probably chat about myself for a second. Yeah. <laughs> so, so just in case that pe people don't know, so I'm actually going to be doing my first um, competition under Coach James Guy. Right over there. So, you know, although obviously I coach competitors, it's one of those things where I've, I've not been as interested in the sports side of things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, myself and James kind of got together and like, you know, let's, let's do it. Let's just get on the stage, smile and come off, in his words. I was like, yeah, yeah sounds easy. Um, <laughs> wait until you start doing posing practice with me. <laughs> so um, so my, my cardio approach at the moment, so I've got no scheduled cardio. Mm -hmm. Um, we're just kind of getting to, to a bit of a baseline, really. Um, my steps aren't crazy, you know, maybe 8K a day, you know, dog walks, etc. Um, gym workouts are probably an hour and 10, hour and 15 minutes. Um, so my output isn't massive. But what I was doing before was kind of the exact same, really. Um, my, my, my output wasn't massive. There was no kind of maintenance cardio. Um, I can see James wants to kind of ask a question here. No, no, I was just going to touch on, we are kind of in a, a pre-prep phase where mm. we are just trying to manage all your variables. We're trying to get your food in a good position because it's something that comes up with clients a lot and some people are afraid to eat. Um, so you might set up a plan. I always like to start with calories as high as possible because then that gives us the wiggle room to move down. Mm. If a client comes to me at, you know, 1,200, 1,400 calories and they want to diet and lose weight, and they're at 1,400 calories, and I keep it there, then what do I do next? Yeah. I drop it down 200 calories, 300 calories. We're now touching you know, the 1,000 calorie mark, and what, how likely is a lifestyle client to adhere to that sort of training plan, to that sort of diet plan? Um, so the most important thing is kind of adherence. So if we can prepare you, mm. or any client, um, ahead of a fat loss phase, then that's what we try to do. It's, it, I suppose, a large part of you is understanding me as well. You know, we're in a similar situation that our, our little boys are, I think, probably three months apart, I think. Um, you know, we, we both understand the struggles of, of having a, having a two-year-old um, and, and what your day can look like and unpredictability. You know, I, I've, just last night, I think I was up at 11, 12, 2, 3, and 5, I think, last night. Um, and then he was in our bed. Um, <laughs> you crumbled in so the I end. I, 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 we, we crumbled, um, but you know when it, when you have one of those nights, and they don't happen often now, you know. But when you have one of those nights, you, you, you know what it is. Um, so um, yeah, I'm sure we'll get into some of the um, some some struggles during prep when it comes to certain things in the morning, or whatever. But we'll deal with them. So James has got that understanding. But the way I have prepped for a photo shoot myself in the past is I'm big on walking. Um, I've got the time during the day, um, so I don't mind on a treadmill for 40 minutes, an hour, a brisk inclined walk on a treadmill. And, and then just being super simple and maybe just increasing my output via that way over a course of 10, 12, whatever weeks and doing it that way. Resistance training always stays the same. Steps outside of that always stay the same. While I'm on a treadmill, I'm on my phone, I can do work while I'm on it. So I don't see it as wasted time because I can do work on my phone, etc. 
and for me personally, um, you know, I've always been a bigger fan of the the lower intensity side of side of cardio and doing that. That's for me personally. That's not necessarily how I program, but that's how I've typically got in shape from from a photo shoot perspective. Um, my guess is is with you, um, it might be a little bit different. Um, it might be a little bit more maybe aggressive, different different styles of things. Um, but that's how I have personally done it in in, in the past. So I think it's, I'm fairly similar, um, as in, like, personally, I've been given a, a large step counts, and it's gone 14, 15K, and that takes a lot of time. I would rather, so I roughly you do 6K roughly in an hour. So to do 15K is, you know, two and a bit hours, nearly, nearly three hours. I would rather have my set two hours on the Stairmaster. I know that's the time. I know my heart rate target and then I have a lower step count during the day. Mm. Um, but I know certain people are different. And it comes down to understanding, I guess, you as an individual or your client as an individual because depending on their work, their, their life setup, maybe they are outside. So when I was, I used to be a PE teacher, so I was outside. So I would teach football, for, for example, and I'd be like walking around the outside of the pitch and I'd walk across the pitch and I'm like referee and whatever and that would like, get my step count up but now where I'm a full-time coach, online coach I'm sat at the desk for, for large chunks of the day as glamorous as coaching may seem you are just stuck at the computer um, typing away and looking at uh, check-ins and, and, and giving responses to people and creating programs so it's not as feasible to go out and do 15k but like I said before if that's what I'm told to do then, then that's what we do and, 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 and that's the way I'm approaching it. You know, I, I think what we all want as coaches is just for a client to be coachable. You know, I, I suppose the advantage here with me is that I understand it from that perspective and therefore with James, I'm like, just tell me what to do and I do it. And the advantage with having James coach me as well is that I literally do not have to think about anything. I just open up the app, do what I'm told for that day, tick the boxes, etc., and I'm done. And then that means that outside of that, I can focus on the work stuff I need to get done, you know, the other boxes I need to tick during the day. So I'm not stressing so much or questioning what my workouts should be and, and whatever. It just makes it super easy as well. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that kind of moves us on to the next point, which would be, what is your, Shelley, yeah. what is your approach to sort of training in terms of, let's say you've come out of your off-season yeah. and you're going into your prep, or your fat loss phase, or the client, or whatever it is, do you now go from, I was doing 10 reps, do I now do 20, or, or what do you do from there? Um, well, again, I, we utilize pretty much the similar approaches. I like to start on my highest um, calories, so that I have some room or some scope to go down to in order to be in that deficit, and in order to, you know, look the way I'm supposed to. Um, so I... I tend to just, well, in my, I should say, maintenance phase, because I don't need to build anymore, so this is another topic we can go into. <laughs> um, so my maintaining calories, for example, is like 3,000, um, but I will diet down on, well, 1,500, for example, on my um, lower days. I think I got two last time. Um, so that gave me a whole scope. And again, I do the same when it comes to cardio. So at the moment, yes, I'm not on the treadmill, but if I need to, I've got that extra variable to add it in. So I do that as well with my clients. 
Um, so I would like to make sure that obviously in, in that sort of phase, um, the phase that you're in currently now, which is exciting, um, go from, you know, the highest possible calories with them, you know, still looking a certain way, still building some quality tissue. Um, and then we have some room to maneuver um, and we can add in, you know, different cardio as well. Um, I train a lot of fitness girls, so it can be a bit different, but I, I like to utilize their strengths. Um, you know, some in my category want to be on the treadmill. So, and they, you know, as long as they're getting the work done, as long as they're getting the routine done, you can do that. Um, as long as it's the same output. Now, certain cardios can bring in certain muscle groups, and if you're obviously, you know, you're at capacity, those are the things you need to think about. But if it's not, then you can do different things. I mean, I have a client who said she just wants to skip. Mm. She skips the whole time. You, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I wrote, yeah, yeah, yeah. She literally skipping. She might skip down the road. Who knows? I don't know. But anyways, um, she's making progress. <laughs> so. And that's what it's about at the end of the day. It's making progress. Yeah. Um, question for both of you, really. Do you... Do you have any specific forms of cardio that you really, if you can avoid it, um, you know, not program it? Any really, you know, bad forms of cardio that you, you kind of consider not programming if you if you possibly could? No, actually. Okay. Um, I work with a client, and again, form can be corrected. So you know, I'll be like, okay, how are you doing? The apolitical, can I? Epolitical. Epolitical, yeah. Cross trainer, we we'll just call it cross trainer. Cross trainer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How are you doing it? You know? <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing the cross trainer? You know, and form can be corrected yeah. um, if that's their favourite choice. Um, so that's what I go with. And it just means it's a more enjoyable process for them. And then, same question for, uh, for you, James. So I programme based on a heart rate. So I will put in maybe 10 minutes post workout cardio. Normally, because people are already in the gym, they don't have access typically to cardiac at home. So I would put 10 minutes post-workout with your heart rate above X, which is normally about 120, depending on their circumstances and, and needs. And that gives them the freedom to use a cross-trainer, use an elliptical, epileptical, <laughs> a cross-trainer, elliptical, uh, rower, stairmaster, incline treadmill, um, a jog, whatever they actually fancy doing, I, I'm quite happy with as long as their heart rate is above that rate for the duration of the, the, the time. Yeah, so I will program in intensity as well. Um, it's the same, it's the same yeah. thing, isn't it, as saying uh, do three sets of 10 or something, it's intensity that you're programming there. So yes. if you're saying to someone, just do 30 minutes on the treadmill, well, that's like saying, just go and do the bench press. Well, okay, but what's the intensity? What's the prescription for yeah. that? It's, you know, it's heart rate, isn't it? And that's one of the easiest things to track. We can, you know, we can track what's your RPE and, and, and all, that, all that kind of stuff as well. Um, but to give some kind of prescription as to what heart rate that they should be aiming for. Because you and I both know, you can say to someone, okay, go and walk on an incline treadmill. One person's heart rate can be 80 or something. Let's yeah, assume this person's the same age, same level of fitness, whatever. One person could be doing it at 80 and be like, oh, this is easy, yeah, yeah. prep's going easy, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Next person could be like, you know, um, like they're trying to run for a London bus and, yeah. and, and their heart rate, rate might be 140 when they're brisk walking on an inclined treadmill. Um, I've, got, I've actually got a slightly different take on the cardio thing than you guys. So although, yes, for me it's about intensity, I prescribe the, um, the heart rate intensity that they want to aim for. 
and I 100% agree in that it almost doesn't matter what they're doing as long as their heart rates get into that. And there are some modalities that will allow you to get your heart rate to that. I'm not a fan of running. Yeah. Never program it. That's probably the one thing I never program. And I can see the argument of it's easy to get your heart rate up, etc. It's more time convenient than, say, brisk walking, which is on the same piece of kit, etc. My argument against running for people is the, uh, the joint load, the joint bearing, okay? So those impact forces that are happening when you're running and how that can impact in on everything else that you're doing. So if I can, I try not to allow people to do any running forms of cardio simply because I'm trying to factor in the rest of their training. So I'm not kind of taking them too far into not being able to recover as easy. Hence why if someone wants to run, I would say, well, can we get away with a brisk inclined walk on a treadmill? So I think, go on. <laughs> to, to be fair, I, I actually don't schedule in run either for that actual fact. Um, However, I will schedule in, let's say, a fitness person or competitor, um, brisk sprints or sprints, um, but there's short outbursts. Mm. um, That I will factor in, but it's not, if they're going to do something for a long period of time or duration, it won't be a run. It's that repetition. Yes, it's the repetition. I think it's 10 times body weight forces coming through your knees, I think, yeah. when, you're, when you're running and for that period of time. So for me personally, it's something that I try to avoid programming. So I find with a lot of lifestyle clients and health enthusiasts, they enjoy to run. Mm. So they use it the same way we use the gym as a, you know, a mental getaway, a time to, to clear their thoughts and they want to run. So if they want to run, who am I to, to stop that? Because they've already been doing it. They've already they're already enjoying it. They're already making progress. So why not utilize what you enjoy to still, you know, skin the cat as, as while we're here? Yeah, and, and, and this is a good conversation because, you know, we have slightly different mindsets on that. Whereas I would take the whole thing of saying to that person, okay, yeah, there's going to be the odd person like, I run. Like, that. Yeah. that's what I do. I, I can understand that. I suppose I'm also coming from the point of view of I don't get those people. That's I would what I was give that on, person yeah. to someone else. Yeah. They're probably not a good fit for me. Yeah. yeah, I find if you are competing, to to be honest, I try to avoid the Stairmaster for as long as possible mm. because I think you might have touched on it earlier. Gym performance is key. So if I'm going to, to hammer you on the, on the Stairmaster or running and it's going to affect your gym performance tomorrow and the rest of the week, it's counterproductive. Mm. So if you are competing, you will be doing... Uh, low intensity, steady state. Whereas if you are a lifestyle, we work together to understand what's best. If you like to do a hit class, even, you know, you want to do body pump or, or whatever it is, and then we work together to get to the goal. But if you are competing and your goal is to win or to be your best, then you kind of just have to shut up and follow it to some degree, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's and that's why, so, you know, on, on that same merit, you know, that's why I'm. I'm a big fan of, yeah, the brisk incline walk. Although that's my personal preference, I do like that for a lot of people. Um, I'm a big fan of the bike, super, yeah. you know, massive fan of the bike. If someone says to me, you know, I've, I've got a Peloton, um, I've paid a few grand for it, um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I haven't, haven't really used it much. Can I still use it? But yeah, go for it. You know, go, go and do something on the Peloton. If you want to go and watch, um, you know, I can't remember any names of, 
people that I used to watch on Peloton. There were a few. Um, but um, like me, by the way, I, I actually did buy Peloton at, at one point. I uh, did not use it. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, I actually used it as the bike without turning on uh, the, the program. Well, I'm going I'm to be honest here. Yeah. It's, I think it's technically illegal, so I probably shouldn't be saying this. What you can do is you, go into, you can go into the systems on the Peloton and you can make it play any YouTube video you want it to. Oh. So you can link it to your internet. You, you change something within the coding or something. So your Peloton actually can, can, can become a YouTube screen and watch That's YouTube great. videos. You're obviously not meant to do it. You go into the system settings. <laughs> so I was paying this Peloton subscription, but not using the Peloton subscription. I was just using the bike as, 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 as cardio. Um, but yeah, that cross trainer, you know, again, low impact, etc. Um, and then, yeah, as, as you're saying, if, if someone wants some high intensity stuff yeah. in the nature, it's high intensity, it's going to be more impact, etc. Although when it comes to high intensity stuff, I'm still not going to program something like burpees. No. Yeah. <laughs> also, I think we need to touch on the subject that some of us may not get these clients. That's why we program it this way. Cause I, I think I get clients that want to do the most. You know, they'll, they'll come to me and be like, I did um, rescue climbing, for example. I was a sprinter when I was younger. You know, I did ballet as well. I did, I'm like, wow, okay. And then I'm like, how do you do it? And they're like, okay, wait, that's like me. But yeah, I've been following you for the whole time. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so it makes sense. And I remember doing, um, I did a group, group shoot, I should say. And we all did kind of like, you know, like the electric slide, except you do a skill of your choice or you do a dance of your choice. Everyone broke down into a split, a hand. I was like, hold on a sec. Wait, 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 wait. You all was, oh yeah, I was in the next gym now. I was like, why didn't I put this together? If that makes sense. So it also depends on what clientele you get. So most of the time people gravitate towards you because of how you portray yourself. Um, It sounds like you kind of invented like, a next level Zumba, if people know what Zumba is. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think most people that do Zumba are like 50s plus. Yeah. Nice yeah. little bit of soft impact. Not not to say <laughs> Zumba's bad or, you know, yeah. um, or you're, you know, you're bad if you do Zumba. But like some kind of like high intensity kind of Zumba where you're doing, like putting the splits out within it and things yeah, like that. Yeah, so, yeah. Because um, my clients, a lot of them come to me and they're like, I'm just bored. And I'm like, I get bored too. Okay, let's do the most. But you know what I mean? We get to the same goals. Yeah. So again, it's so important to look at your, the clientele that you get as well. Um, could impact how you program. Um, and you'll see a frequency, you know. So um, now I ask a lot, I ask more questions because I'm yeah. like, what background do you actually have? Yeah. Um, don't tell me what you did like, you know, just before you decided to go on this venture. What is your background? Because that can play an important role as to how you program their program as well it's it's like uh, i you know I'm, I'm, I'm sure you guys as well and having we've all had coaches we're all coaches yes. we've all worked with coaches coaches need coaches but some coaches just aren't a good fit it, yeah. it's as simple as that you know that's not to say that that coach is bad yeah uh, that that coach doesn't do a great job. They could work with someone that's achieved a massive amount of things yeah. using a cer- certain approach, but with you, and you might you know, have the same goals and, or want to reach the same level as that person that they're working with, but that approach just doesn't work with you. Or maybe that coach's mentality, that coach's persona yeah. might not fit with you as well. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, as you were saying, it's about finding um, the right coach that fits with you as well and, and, and kind of 
connects with you, isn't it? Exactly. And I'm not afraid to pass, you know, pass on clients or recommend a coach who I think will be suitable if it doesn't fit with me. And that's what we do, isn't yeah. it? Elite physique yeah, training. We exactly. kind of try and find a, a good fit for, for clients. You know, someone, someone might approach um, James initially, for example, to, to coach them, thinking that he might be, be a good fit. They might have a conversation and be like, you know what, actually, I think... Michelle could be a great fit, you know, and vice versa. You know, we kind of work together, really. Um, and lifestyle clients, et cetera, with, with Leah, you know. Um, so, you know, it's about finding the right coach that, that's a good fit for you, really, isn't it? Yeah, well, you mentioned earlier, you have a two-year-old son. I have a two-year-old son. And when you actually look at it, if I take a step back and look at it, my coach has a two-year-old child as well. So we all understand the, I'm going to call them problems, yeah that arise from having a two-year-old child and, you know, you wake up and do cardio, but your kid's up. Yeah. So you might not be able to do it today, so you have to do it another time. Or, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I had it the other day, yeah. didn't I? We had a check-in on, on oh, Friday. Yes, yes, yes. And you give me some feedback at the weekend, and you're like, well, you know, you, you haven't done your check-in pictures. I'm like, I'm so sorry, <laughs> I know. I was doing them. I was in That's the... Be coachable, be coachable. <laughs> I know, I know, exactly. Like, I'd done the check-in, that's absolutely fine. But when it came to doing the pictures, I've got a two-year-old screaming at me that he wants breakfast. Yeah. So, you, okay, no problem, let's, let's go downstairs, do your breakfast. And then you end up eating your breakfast as well. And it's, mm. oh, no, okay, it should have been a fasted check-in. <laughs> yeah. All right, no problem. James, sorry, it'll have to be tomorrow. We'll do it next week, whatever. Yeah, the, the phase we're in, we don't necessarily, you know, it's not a big deal if we're missing the odd one, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, but you are, again, you, you understand yeah. that struggle. Whereas if I was chatting to someone that, that didn't have a child, um, you know, it didn't kind of come from that background, then, you know, the answer coming my way might not have been the same. Exactly. I did touch on training, but I think it might be more beneficial to touch on nutrition programming. And I know, Shelley, I think you mentioned it in this episode about your carb cycling. Yes. Is that something that you program for clients, like generally for everybody, or is that something you just do yourself? Or how do you get to that lower body fat level with your clients as well as yourself? It's, it's on a need-to-need basis, and it also depends on their goal. Um, also, I don't initially program that in unless they come to me and say, this works for me. Um, so sometimes I get clients who have a past, worked with previous coaches, they've competed as well um, for years um, in various different sports, and they say, that works for me, and it has worked, and these are the results of it. So it depends on what phase we're in. So we may go into that, um, but I keep it in mind that that did work. Um, but if we are on track, you know, in the way that it's been programmed, they're loving what they're doing and they're going towards their goal, then it may stay that way. Let's, because we've discussed this before in private, haven't we, Jones? Mill plans versus tracking. Mm -hmm. Benefit, benefits, considerations, which one's quote-unquote best, um, you know, what, so... I'm just going to give my experience with you to start off with. So I'm traditionally, I have tracked everything, okay? I've had someone set the macros or set my own macros, whatever, um, tracked it. Um, don't get me wrong, that is not if it, hashtag if it fits your macros. That's something slightly different. 
um, that can be something to the extent of it's fine eating pizza and uh, egg whites for the rest of the day because it fits my macros. Um, so we're not talking about that. We're talking about nutrition quality is already good, um, but you know I'm I'm already eating the exact same things. But I'm tracking my nutrition throughout the day. But each day might vary in terms of what I might eat, and it's a bit more flexible. Versus um, right now, I'm on a meal plan, um, which by the way I'm loving. Um, and, you know, basically James has set me up with, he's looked at what I currently eat, um, tried to fit those within the macronutrients that obviously he set, but it means that each day obviously I wake up and it, there's no question, it's like, that's what I eat for breakfast, cool, no problem, that's what I eat for lunch, that's what I eat post-workout, whatever. If, because we were obviously at a seminar at the weekend um, and uh, I did not want to eat the food slash could not make the food in time, to have that was set for me for lunch i just i knew what the macros were i made something very similar i, th I did some overnight oats but i basically did some 900 calorie overnight oats uh, that i took with me and just had throughout the day that had the exact same so macros in really so that's kind of my personal experience how um as a um as a client i suppose of yours goes um just give, kind of give, give me your thoughts, really, uh, Millplan. What maybe your own experience with how you've done things as well? So I think it comes down, I know it comes down to an experience level of the client in question. So if I give some people macros, they're unable to, I get messages, I can't fulfill my protein intake because I don't have you know, enough fats left or I don't have this left. And it becomes this stressful process. And I think by removing that for a... Uh, inexperienced person at tracking their, their calories and macros it just makes life a little bit easier it allows a client to you know I always suggest meal prepping so I advise maybe on a Sunday or a quiet day in the week you cook a batch of chicken you cook a batch of rice or whatever it is you're having and you just divvy them out and you put them in the fridge because you're less likely to to go to McDonald's when you know you the chicken and rice in the fridge weighed out and ready to go um, but when you're a bit more experienced like yourself, um, even myself, like especially in the off season, I do have a meal plan. Um, but let's say a couple of my meals in a day are chicken breast, rice, and veg. But sometimes I might just have you know cream of rice because it's it's a rice based product. It's it's the same. The macros are very similar, and I'll just swap out, get the same carbs, the same uh, calories total, and I'll have that alongside just as a little treat. As I get closer to um, prep or closer to a show then those things I don't do I just stick to the plan follow it through and get it done um, but obviously where I'm more experienced and I've been competing for oh sorry eight years now because of 2024 um, I have done and I've tried and I've seen and I've worked with hundreds of clients and I've seen what happens so I always do advise if you do if you do want to compete and you want to work with me unless you're very experienced at tracking I want you on a meal plan and to make it a bit more flexible, because not everyone wants the same food every day, I do you know, understand that, I will maybe put in the option, so a meal plan might have 100 grams of chicken breast, but it might have the option, or 100 grams of turkey breast, or 140 grams of a white fish. The rice might be 100 grams of rice, or 150 grams of raw weight potatoes. And you're gonna get very close uh, macronutrients from that. 
Sorry, I rambled a bit, so... No, so, <laughs> say, Michelle, like... <laughs> I mean, question. you just said everything in my head. I pretty much do the same thing. I... What do you, what, what do, you do yourself at the moment, and, and does that change in the phase that you're in at the moment versus, like, your off-season? Do you just wing it in the off-season? I've always been on a meal plan. Yeah. Um, I'm very structured. We know I, this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Why are we not um, surprised? <laughs> yeah, um... But with options. So, and again, you know, I have a coach and she knows that I am highly experienced. So she trusts me, you know, if I wanted to, I could um, flex my macros and I've given the choice, but I, I don't want to. But I would, however, plan to flex my macros. That works with my brain. Mm. <laughs> um, and I've noticed with a lot of clients that come to me, it's the same sort of vibe. Um, so they prefer meal plans, but with variety or I will set them a structured meal plan and change it up when they're ready. So I'll be like, are you ready for a change up? Are you okay? You know, are they bored? Um, and that keeps pretty much everyone happy and that way they don't have to think. A lot of people don't want to do the thinking yeah. or they just don't know how to do the thinking. Um, you know, I've had you know, one person say to me she was on tracking, for example, um, but she said she just couldn't get her head around it and it was so stressful that she just didn't stay on plan. So just removing certain variables, unless someone is adamant about it, um, I will set a meal plan straight off. I think it comes down to um, the types of clients that we're working with as well. Again, I had this discussion with, with James at the weekend, and a lot of people I get are highly educated, probably trainers themselves, um, you know, you know high-level competitors, etc. And they're probably already eating the exact same things most of the days of the week. They understand what a macronutrient is. You know, if we're, we're to ask someone off the street, they might think a macro is a style of fish or something. They are, but they understand what protein, fats and carbs are, etc. They understand tracking, they understand changing things. So I tend to go down that flexible route where I look at what they're initially eating so it's like okay what does your current nutrition plan look like what do your current macronutrients look like nine times out of ten the person that I'm working with already knows that um, so I kind of work off of that how do you know the baseline that we find is based off of what they're currently eating but just changing the macros very very slightly so it might be like okay you're eating I don't know, 200 protein 250 carbs and 55 fats or something at the moment let's maybe just increase your carbs you can increase your carbs by um, increase I don't know, increase your cream of rice serving post-workout or whatever um, so that tends to be the route that I go down initially is the let's get you tracking everything um, or if you really don't like tracking just eat how you currently are I'll write that down on a piece of paper i.e a meal plan and let's just, I will just change that one thing out of it. You know, we, we, we change the quantity for your rice, whatever. Um, but as I say, it's, it's, it's different ways to skin a cat. And my approach tends to be more down that I would encourage you to be tracking route. But again, it, it comes down to the client that we're kind of getting. Yeah, definitely. But like where I do want you on a meal plan and you may not be as experienced... Could you try again? <laughs> no, sit, like sit, Siri does not get that, yeah, James. And, uh... <laughs> but no, like, if I have an inexperienced client, they are not necessarily tracking their food, they don't know exactly what they're doing, so I don't really want them to go and start tracking and add more confusion when they've hired yeah. me to take that away. So what I'll do is, 
I'll look at what they're eating on average day and I say, look, be honest. If you're having a chocolate bar and crisps and whatever else you're having in the day, just tell me mm. because I try to keep it in. So I write plans, um, especially in the, this new year, with quite a few startups and they've got bagels in it. They've got cheese in your bagel. I've got snacks. I've got like, you might have a 300 calorie snack of choice. And you know what? If you follow the whole plan and you have a chocolate bar, which is 300 calories, Right now, I don't care. Mm. Rule one is adherence. I know yeah. exactly what's going in, and from that, I see how your body responds, and then I can make the changes from there, move forwards. Mm. See, in my head already, so obviously James has set my nutrition plan, I'm thinking, hmm, what can I swap tonight? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, to be fair, actually, for lunch, it's like a lean, lean chicken sausage, two bagels, low-fat mm. cheese in there, egg, egg white. For like, it's basically like a Mackey D's lunch. That's better than our food, right? Yeah, I've got yeah, yeah, yeah. tuna salad waiting for me. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Until Sal- I do gymnastics and I'll 90 grams of like kuma rice. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Which I pass out afterwards anyways. After that. <laughs> I'm, actually, I'm actually eating more food at the moment than I'm used to. Yeah, and, and look, I, I know it's post-Christmas period. I know you're going to, you know, kind of reset things and, and lose a little bit of weight anyway just by going back on plan. Um, but volume-wise, I feel like I'm eating more food than I'm used to, yet obviously I'm, I'm dropping body fat as well. Um, and that's obviously a credit to, to James's program. But, you know, for, for me, that's an approach that, work, that, that is going to... I know that's going to work really well for me because it's just do what you're told. Just eat off the piece of paper. Don't not don't question it but like I don't need to question it I'm not needing to go into my fitness paddle where whatever and calculate things slash if I've got a two-year-old hanging off my arm and I'm trying to calculate my fitness pal in the other arm whilst cooking with with the third arm as we all know about with a two-year-old you know that that's obviously not going to work you know knowing what I eat every day is obviously a big uh, big advantage to this especially when you're going to go into a state of let's say competition you don't want to think your brain will switch off at some point you know all you're thinking is i need to do this cut i need to do this and i need to and that's it and go to bed Mm. um so you want to take the burden away of you tracking especially if you have you know a family as well and kids around so um now when it comes to like off season or even you know some clients who are like lifestyle i do like to vary up quite a bit to what they like um and you can do that. Um, there's no reason why you have to cut out all the foods that you like. Yeah. Um, so you can make your meal preps enjoyable. So I guess it also depends on the client and how, and how they function is the key here when it comes to like, you know, lifestyle. Um, off season, when it comes to clients in off season, if they wish to track, as you said, I like to utilize things like, you know, 300 free calories, mm. um, you know, an off meal plan, um, you know, once a week or twice a week, depending on their social life. Yeah. Um, but then you can just change the variable in the gym if you need to. Um, so I also ask them as well, like, do you mind doing an extra 10 minutes cardio so you can have that cheese? <laughs> and they're cool with it, you know. Um, so that's how I program. I, I like to program that way because I came into bodybuilding that way myself. Um, and I've noticed that that's the clientele I get as well. How do you, so question for, for both of you, um, how do, and, and, and it's a question about yourselves and what you do as, mm-hmm. as well as like what you recommend with clients. How do you approach the question, because it always comes up, um, James, can I have a cheat meal? James, can I have a cheat day? You know, how do you kind of approach that question? Does someone deserve a cheat day, et cetera? What's kind of your, your thoughts on cheat days, cheat meals, et cetera? 
I'm sure we're probably the same, but there is no such thing as a cheat day. That's not a thing. He might be off plan. <laughs> yeah, you've just but I do hear that. Up. You do hear that. Like, <laughs> cheat day. Like, and that just means put as much calories in as you can fit because you, you, you're allowed to. But um, I will program, and I, I like to call it a free meal because it's not a cheat because you've been allocated it to, to enjoy. And I try to look at it or, and describe it as a social um, thing where you can enjoy time with your friends and family but still make progress. And by calling it a free meal, you don't necessarily have to have a pizza. You can have a home-cooked pasta. You can have a home-cooked this, that, and the other. And you can just enjoy the meal without having to track anything, without having to you know, um, weigh it, without to do anything. And what I ask is you remove your main meal from the day, you have that free meal, you enjoy it, you use it as a time to socialize because obviously during the week or the, the longer period of time, you are very restricted and that obviously has a knock-on effect on your, your friends, families and people around you. So this just gives you an opportunity to kind of give back. I actually call it a treat meal. A treat, I like that, <laughs> treat meal. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, have a treat. Um, Socialise, again, I think that's very important for mental health. Mm. Um, and, you know, some people use it in various ways. They'll be like, oh, you know, Saturday is going to be my treat meal day because I've done all this work during the week. Um, some people just want to use it because they have a, you know, an active social life. And some active social lives come with their job. Um, so, again, I, I utilize the same sort of method. I'll say remove your main meal if you need to go out and socialize. Um, I work particularly with bankers and, you know, lawyers, doctors who go out because they have to they say, <laughs> you know. Um, so we, we talk about making a smart choices. So sometimes they need to track as well. So that's when we bring in tracking. Um, so I say, you know, what restaurant are you going to? And some of them will discuss it. They'll be like, right, I'm going here. What do you think I can eat? And I'll be like, okay, just stick within these macros and you'll be fine. Um, so that's why, that's what I do. And so for me, it's a, it's a, it's a treat. And I, I like that too <laughs> for myself. <laughs> What's your favorite treat meal? You know I like Cheerios. I know, I do, I do. It's <laughs> <laughs> not even really a treat meal. No, but if you see the bowl, okay, it's a mixing bowl. He's got me on like 100 grams of cocoa pops every day at the moment. Okay. Post-workout. Today, to be fair, I had cream of rice. But yeah. yeah, 100 grams of cocoa pops. My, my little one's like, pops, pops. I'm like, no, 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 I've got to get all 100 grams in. I'll do your separate bowl. <laughs> I don't think you two are likes you right now. <laughs> no, 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 no. Pops, pops. You've started like a trend with him now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, no, definitely the Cheerios. Um, in fact, again, it is a free meal. So most, most people assume I'm going to go for a burger or a pizza. But to be fair, because I've been doing this for quite a while now, um, and I have I've been there where I've gone wild after a show, you know, I have to be honest. But right now, when I've gone wild, it doesn't agree with me. You know, yeah. I actually feel ill. I suppose <laughs> so. you've got to, as, as a way to stop you from going too overboard, you've yes. got to remember what you're going to feel like afterwards. Yes. What's the reward, you know, afterwards. From and that. just, yeah, just, yeah, just relate it back to the last time you did it. How did you feel afterwards? Yes. Because let's be honest, when, when you have that, let's say you're someone that wants a cheat day, um, you feel like absolute junk the day after, but what have you actually got out of the day? You haven't 
you know, you, you haven't restored leptin levels, your metabolism's boosted, whatever. Yeah, sure, you might have had a very slight boost, but not enough to compensate for the amount of calories that you've overconsumed and, and, and spilled over on, have you? So I, I had a client ask, should I use the free meal, cheat meal, to just indulge and eat what I want? It can have a negative effect. So I like to look at it as, if, you, if, if you're trying to explain to a client, you've got 2,000 calories per day, and that means 14,000 for the week. If you then have, I don't know how much someone could put away, five, 6,000 calories on top of that, you've now got a 20,000K week, which is a lot. And if you're doing that week in, week out, that can hinder progress quite simply. Um, but what I do want to, if you have signs that someone might be doing that or overeating, I'll just program and say, look, have a, a, have a Nando's, how much damage can you do in Nando's? Or if they want to be at home, they might just say have a, a home-cooked burger in oven chips, stick them in the air fryer. You, you get that satisfaction, you get that social um, aspect, and you get something different to your normal whatever meal it is. It was like, obviously, we, we were away together on Saturday um, at a seminar, and um, I didn't get back until late. I think it took me about three and a half hours to get home in the end. And... Um, I was like, on the way, I called up the missus. I was like, can you order me a Turkish? <laughs> <laughs> Turkish is quite, yeah. I was, I was allowed a, a, a treat meal anyway. Yep. Um, but basically, for those that don't know, it's chicken and rice. It is, yeah. <laughs> That's all it is. Chicken, rice, and lots of salad, you know, with some lemon juice on top, whatever. Mm. Yeah, sure, the chicken's probably cooked in a lot of olive oil or, or, or whatever. Um, and it's not, your, you know, your normal lean chicken breast. Um, but, you know, I, I chose a, a, a cheat meal as chicken and rice. I didn't feel like it, it just gave me that little bit of like, yeah, I'm having something a little bit different than what I've had during the week. Um, but didn't make me feel like absolute junk the day, you know, the day after because I was I was having chicken rice at the end of the day. But I think that comes down to like the overall, the daily intake of what you're having. So if you're enjoying your meal and you're having a sandwich or you're having Cocoa Pops or you're having oats and you enjoy your daily nutrition plan, you don't need to go and have oh, a pizza. I say pizza. I normally have a pizza. I'm not going to lie. Dominoes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I actually only have like half a pizza nowadays. I used to eat a whole pizza and tons of stuff. But my plan, I'm quite happy with. But it's nice to have something completely different. And um, it hasn't stalled progress. Whereas actually a few years ago, a few, maybe a year or two ago, I would have a whole pizza near enough. I'd have a bowl of cookies, custard, I'd eat a lot of food, and um, it definitely has a knock-on effect to your look, your progress, and everything else like that. There's the whole thing of trigger foods as well. So if, if yeah. for example, you're someone that, let's say uh, you're going to have your, just a scenario here, you're going to have your treat meal uh, at breakfast, okay? And, um, and my treat meal is, I don't know, some pancakes with maple syrup and bacon, whatever, okay? Now, if... If I have that and suddenly something in my brain just goes, oh, well, that was nice. Well, then the rest of the day, I might be craving a little bit more of something, a little bit more of something else. So I think it goes down to timing of that cheat treat meal as well. 
um, and it not and just understanding what the food is and making sure that it's not one of your trigger foods as well. You know, for me as well, like bread. Okay, for a lot of people, a slice of fresh bread with a bit of butter on it. Even the smell alone. Even is the just like, yeah, yeah, like that, that's got that's that's gone within the day, isn't it? Yeah. And you, you can't just leave it there to get crusty and old. You've got to finish that. Yeah. You know, or chuck it away. Chuck it that's away. That's what I did in New Year. Chuck some loads yeah. of food that was open away, but. Um, when I say you can have a cheap meal or a free meal this evening, I say this evening, so it's your last meal of the day, because if you haven't had your last meal, there's not really any room to have anything else. Um, I can't remember what she said. I, I wanna, well, I want to go on a kind of a, a, a similar slash same subject, um, which we can all relate to. So I'm traveling on a family holiday, okay? First week of Feb, this might be coming out about then. I'm in New York for a week. Okay, so in three, four weeks' time, all right? Technically, I think I would have started prep. I would maybe be... First or second week, probably. Yeah, something around there. Now, I've got a whole week in New York, right? Full of food, etc. But I've got a plan I've got to kind of stick to, kind of stick to. I will be sticking to. What would, what would obviously be your general advice for people when there's a holiday right in the middle of something like that, that that's important for them to stick to. Would you just, like, guys, like, knuckle down, stick to your food plan? Or would you be like, you know what, you know, family holiday, just choose the right options. Um, you know, wh what would kind of be, be your answer? What, what would you suggest that I do? I think it's definitely goal-dependent. So if I was coaching Shelley and she's going to do the Arnold's, I kind of remind you you're going to be standing half-naked on stage and you want to qualify the, for the Olympia. And the other girls you're competing with will not be doing that. So, do what you like. <laughs> wow. Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of, but kind of first says. competition, mate. And I'm, you know, I wanna, wanna blow things out of the wall park, you know. So specifically for yourself, we ideally I'd have you on plan. Ideally, but it's not feasible to have you know six meals a day with with out in New York doing certain things. So it'd be a case of. Meal one should be fairly easy because you normally have that at home. Yeah. And then you probably want to track the rest of your calories in the day. Um, and then I'd probably try and chuck a free meal or two in, depending on the time, how far away we are from the show. So may, maybe switch slightly away from meal plan, slightly more onto the tracking. Exactly, exactly. Okay. So I, I still want you to track as much, no, so follow the plan as much as you could. Yep. But worst case scenario, you, you, you track and you stay within your calorie intake and you, you, you just do the best that you can. Mm. Um, but at the, in the same breath, it's your first competition, but you are away of your family. Mm. Family comes first. Yeah. You know, obviously we do have a show plan, but worst case scenario, we are a week or two behind. So we delay the show a week or two. Yeah. We're not gonna showcase something that's not worthy, but memories last forever. Yeah, that's a good point. Wow. The, 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 way I, the way I've structured things mm. is, I've purposely booked a hotel where I can do my own breakfast. Yeah. I'm not eating off of the, you know, pick your food, whatever, um, off the counter. I will take the current food. I have Kodiak power cakes, waffles for breakfast, you know, egg whites. Um, you know, I will have the exact same breakfast every day. Already discussed with the family that lunch, and the way I sell this to the missus as well, we can keep it a cheap holiday. So we'll, we'll make our own lunch as well, you yes, know. Yeah. Um, and then um, for dinner, obviously for, for dinner or lunch, one of those meals we'll probably have mm. out. Um, but she's, you know, she's relatively healthy anyway. We, we're not going to be going down 
I don't know, and having pizza and all that kind of stuff. Although yeah. maybe there might be a slice of New York pizza or something in that. Um, but again, we'll, we'll be picking mm. restaurants where there are actually choices. Um, you know, even if they're sometimes like when I'm traveling, I like chain restaurants, yeah. Wagamama's, for example, Nando's, for example, mm -hmm. where you can keep those calories down. You can focus on protein yeah. content, etc. Yeah. Um, so that, that, that's kind of the way I'm, I'm working around things as well. I've already scouted out all the local gyms. I, I will not be off training plan whatsoever. Yeah. Um, the step count as well, something to account for, the step count will probably be higher than what my normal step count is. Mm -hmm. So that's going to somewhat compensate for a little bit as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I will be on plan, but as I said, just, just kind of gauging what, uh, what advice you would, uh, you, you'd normally give to people. I would say make smart choices. So I switch more again to tracking. Now, I, when I compete, I, I travel internationally and I travel for hours um, and it's one of those things where I can't necessarily stay on plan if I can't take my food through security <laughs> you know so I try to prepare my clients by making smart choices you know we might do some sort of um, research together and um, they like that actually um, they like to give me you know the options that they may have and we you know we put plans together um, that they could adhere to um, and also, it also depends on where they're going. And, you know, I also have clients who travel a lot for business. You know, I have one client, she's away every week. So we have to plan. Um, so I think the key to this is planning, um, but still enjoying yourself. Because um, I'm all about fun. Um, I've told this in my interviews before. I will not compete if I don't have fun. If I'm stressed out and I'm just getting things done and I'm not enjoying this process, I will stop. So I try to do that same experience for my clients. And as you, you know, you've, you've touched on, memories are precious. You're not gonna get certain memories back as well, um, but you can make smart choices. Any more to add, James? I think people, because you touched on going to restaurants and, and eating out, which is, you know, it's enjoyable and it's social and, and it's nice and you have to make smart choices, but people need to factor in that the restaurant, their main job is to make you come back. And to make you come back is to cook your steak in butter, is to cook your chicken with extra oil. So you've got a chicken breast, but it's, it's covered in lovely, nice things which have a, a calorie price. So yes, you've, you've eyeballed the chicken breast, which looks the same size as yours, but the rice, it has butter for it. It tastes nicer, which is fine sometimes, but if you're doing that all the time, that, you know, 500 or whatever it is, two, three, 400 extra calories that you're not tracking for and has not allocated, you, you can't add them on. You can't see them in your, you know, in your training plan, in your nutrition plan. I have a simple solution to this, and I do this all the time. Um, I ask. <laughs> I literally ask everything, and I tell my clients the same. Um, I say to them, what do you make this chicken breast with? Mm. Um, and to be fair, um, the states, some countries may not be, you know, but you can always ask, and they, they have to tell you what is in it. Um, but in the States, they've always substituted. They've always cooked it in the way I've wanted it to cook. So you should just you ask what are they cooking it in. Yes. You can ask what you want them to, to cook, do it, it, cook it in. To do it as well, yeah. You, you can have like a, a, a bottle of one cow spray. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Can you give that to chef, please? Yeah, because at the end of the day, <laughs> their aim is not only to... It's to make you come back. Exactly, exactly, as you said. Make so you come back. So keep you happy. If you're happy with your plain chicken mm. breast, I mean, it's costing them less money. I'm willing to pay the same amount of money, mm. you know, without the butter, without the extra hummus on the side, you know, without yeah. anything. So to be fair, you're winning. 
Yeah. Not me. <laughs> exactly. Well, I am, but you, you are. Know, you are. Yeah, Every, it's exactly. a win-win. Win-win situation. <laughs> so I, I, I think we could probably talk for a very long time about this subject. We've, we've literally yeah. just touched on cardio and food. I think it'd be a really nice idea just to kind of for some people to have some takeaways about um, no pun intended with takeaway with food. Um, our favourite like food hacks some things that we do during prep and I'm, I'm going to start off by just being like so simple so boring like buying packets of pre-cooked rice <laughs> little thing little things like that that we do that that you know the average person might not think about doing that might save save you guys time and how you do things so my thing at the moment is as I said buy pre-packaged rice chuck in the microwave it's already cooked um, you know, and already programmed for me as a cooked weight of rice. So it's already cooked, weigh it out, boom, done. And that, that's easy for me. So that's, that's one of my things. Also, bulk buy egg whites. Do not, for people that are separating, uh, who, who's, like, it's, it's waste of half an egg to start off with. Um, Money-wise as well, a lot more expensive. Just buy the, the bottled stuff. And there are actually a few companies, I think in the US, that actually now do flavoured egg whites. I've, I've seen that in the US when I watch on YouTube. It actually looks really good. Yeah. Because yeah. um, I actually used to, when food got so high, I would actually just drink my egg whites. So if it had right. a bit of beer, if it had a bit of taste to it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But it sort of needs basis, right? I said, yeah. it's years ago, I said I wanted to be a pro, so I drank my egg whites. I actually blended chicken and rice. There was actually a time I blended, um, I blended steak. Uh, I literally couldn't get anything in, so I blended steak, and it was the worst thing I've ever done. I've never We're not advertising it. this, yeah. by the way, as a food hack. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, a food hack that I would do. Oh, a new one I do because I've got into my reverse diet. Um, I have been using pumpkin puree and it is 40 calories per 100 grams. And you just put about 30, 40 grams in with like your po your porridge or your your cream of rice. And it just sort of thickens up the whole bowl. So, so you've got more volume. Add in a vegetable. Yeah. Like, yeah, I like, that's a cool one. I also, is that like canned? Out yeah, canned. canned. Yeah. Um, I also add egg whites. So some of my egg whites from my egg portion I'll put in that as well. Um, so you've got quite a voluminous bowl of oats when it's only, I think I've got 65 grams on the rest day at the moment. Um, I'm not sure what else I do. Maybe go to Shelley for a minute. Um, so intermittent fasting <laughs> means I can eat more. Shelley, I have no food hacks. I'm a robot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just eat. I'm literally a robot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I, the reason why I do intermittent fasting is because look, I, I love food actually. Um, in fact, I need so much for my body to even function or so I'm literally like a damsel in distress. I'm like, help me. I can't do anything. I'm so hungry. So um, because I intermittent fast and I get a lot done in that time, I'm able to fit in quite a bit of food in a very small space of time. So I'd rather wait to eat. That's one of my hacks that gets me through, in fact. Yeah, your eating window is so much smaller. Yes. That it feels like you're eating more food. Yes. And I feel full all the time, but I'm actually not. Mm. <laughs> um, also, I do utilize things like I put the egg whites in the oats. I love that because um, it just makes it look so big and it tricks the mind. Um, I also do have a very sweet tooth. Now, when I did gymnastics, I used to eat dessert after every meal. Um, I guess I was skinny fat. I don't know. Um, but anyways, um, I, and, and I got everything done. I was full of energy um, and I was still small. <laughs> so, but my metabolism is high. 
So I now, because I have a sweet tooth, I'll, I'll do things, for example, you see when you have your protein, um, protein shakes, I should say, um, I will make it so it looks like icing. Yeah. Um, and we all do that, don't top. we? Actually, we yeah, yeah, way pace, way pace. I think yeah. that, that, that there are actually some competitors that that have that backstage because obviously there's less volume. You're not adding water per yeah. se to it. You're having whey protein paste instead of having to neck your protein yeah. shake. Concentrated. Yeah. If there's a, obviously a long period of time between actually going on stage or whatever, or between yeah, um, that that good old whey paste one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that's another good one actually because you can have it as icing on top of icing. Icing. Yeah. On top of your. I don't know, you, you cream of rice, cream yeah. of what, whatever. rice cakes. I put it on my rice cakes sometimes. I'll just make a whole paste that it might, you know, within what I'm supposed yeah. to have, I might just put on everything. And then it might, and you know, I'm in sweet heaven. That actually so reminds me of, of another one. I don't know whether you guys use powdered peanut butter. Yes, I have powdered no. peanut butter. No. So, so, yeah, so like I, I normally get like the PB2 one. Yeah. Um, you just, you add water in there. Basically, it's just the fat taken out of the peanut butter, yes. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And dried. So you can make that into your paste so it's like peanut butter. You can smear it on your, uh, on your rice cake and it's yeah. kind of like a peanut butter rice cake. But, you know, instead Without of it fat. being 100 calories, it's like yeah. 20 calories or something yes. like that. Yeah. Um, that's another one um, that I do. The one I use the most, and I kind of overlooked it because I do it all year, is um, flavour drops. So I spend tons of money on all the different flavours. I use butter biscuit, toffee, vanilla. I normally actually get, I don't know what my bag is, but it's in my bag, so I go to a coffee shop. I, I can have, yeah, I have a what black coffee, and I just put my flavour drops in, and it's zero calories. It tastes so much nicer than just a normal black coffee. Yeah. I put it in my oats. I actually make my cream of rice sweeter by putting it in my cream of rice, and I have a nice little flavour that might you know um, work together with the flavor of the, the cream of rice um, I can't remember what else but I put it in everything really quite simply I've, I've done that actually before with um, with the whey paste we were talking so I tend to always buy vanilla flavored whey just because you can add it to anything and whatever and then use flavor drops to make it into whatever flavor I want um, especially like a lemon flavor drop so it's almost like a lemon icing yeah. and that works really well on like a, a cream of wheat or cream rice or, or something like that. You could put white chocolate in there, you could, whatever, coffee flavour in there. So you, you've kind of got that neutral protein yeah. and you can make it into any flavour. Whereas if you get a strawberry flavoured protein powder or a chocolate, yeah, you can, chocolate mint or what, whatever. But, you know, I, lo I just like the vanilla and then the versatility of you can change your flavour. And I suppose, especially when you're in, deep stages of dieting just that one flavor change just it goes it goes a long way yes. um to, to to keeping you uh, keeping you on plan really and making you feel like you've you've had something uh, sweet yeah so i've also done is i've changed my oat quantities into pancakes okay and how have you how do you make your pancakes um so i would just use the the egg whites that i that i'm meant to have in the day plus the oats i'm meant to have in the day um, and then I see where, wherever else I might at that time have blueberries, you know, it depends on, you know, where we are in the prep, um, or how far out we are. Um, so I would use the quantities and, you know, make some pancakes with it. Um, again, that would trick, you know, my brain into thinking, oh, I'm eating something sweet. And then I'll use the paste, um, and put it on top and then, yeah, add some, maybe some flavor drops. Um, or put some PB2 on it, um, depending on how I feel that day. And, and then I feel pretty satisfied and I'm like, okay. But it's just the same food I'm eating anyway. It's just mixed up differently. Let's, because uh, it, it kind of covers the food hacks thing as well. Let's talk about poverty calories, right? Yeah. You've got no calories left at the end of the day. You're super hungry. What do you do? 
Not eat? Lettuce? Cucumber? I have tea. Okay. Um, I fill up on tea. Um, also, um, for example, gymnastics, if I've eaten all those calories and I'm still um, EEAs. Um, like the float, so it's like a fruit squash kind of yes ah, flavor okay, yeah. um, I also ice it so it's like a slush puppy nice so I'm literally like so cold I'm like oh okay and then I you know what I mean I'm not thinking yeah. about it anymore because you so. can make jello out of yes. EAAs or BCA wh- exactly. whatever you're using as well can't you, you can gelatin yeah. well gelatin is just protein yes yeah um, you can make that yourself if you've got the time for it yeah well. I've done that as well and I've added blueberries to it nice yeah um, and then I, do, I usually just look at what if I get that bored on a prep because it does get boring. Um, I utilise what I have and think, what recipes can I make? Mm. Um, but using the same food, using the same food. as what you're currently yes. eating. Yeah. Um, and that's actually quite satisfying because by the time you've made this whole big lavish meal and eaten it, you're like, oh, I'm tired, I want to go to bed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's what I do. <laughs> uh, so I will use decaf coffee. I just use my flavour drops. Um, it kind of fills that hole when you're, you're trying to sleep. That's when I'm normally hungriest. Fills that hole with something sweet and get to sleep on it. I know it has caffeine in it, but when you're deep in prep, caffeine barely does anything anyway. Um, or I'll have a like a Pepsi Max, a Diet Coke, low calorie fizzy drinks, provided they they're fine for me digestion wise. I do pull them towards the end um, just to be safer than sorrier. Um, squash is always a good one. Just helps get more water in as well. But I just tried to find anything sort of sweet that has very, very little calories. Oh, and that reminds me of a, um, you guys must have tried the, is it 10 calorie jelly pots? And they're not yeah, actually 10 calories. Yeah, these 10 calorie jelly yeah, pots. But they're, not, yeah. they're actually less than 10 calories, most of them. Some of them are like three, four, five calories. And that just I sort of helps. I want because you know I've never, um, I got told when I first do this, just drink pure water. And I actually, I don't drink anything but water. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm luck. here so far. Yeah. Personally, on, yeah. on, 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 the, on the sweeteners front, um, if they're okay with it, yeah. I, just, I just don't pull it. There's no, like, yeah. The only sweeteners that people tend to have an issue with anyway are the sugar alcohols. Yes. So anything with an atoll at the end, you know, mannitol, erythritol, um, things like that, any of the sugar alcohols, some people have some digestive issues with anyway, but you're going to know that 10 weeks out, 20 weeks out, out of the season anyway where they've got some issues yeah. so i tend to just say look if, if if you're okay with sucralose and aspartame whatever mm. sure keep it in so you know you, you look at um eaas you know yes. most of them tend to be sweetened with sucralose i think if i remember sucralose, rightly yeah, yeah. anyway yeah. which is a sweetener so you know are you going to benefit by pulling that out I, unless you've got issues with it you know keep keep it in that's yeah. the way I see it anyway you know I've seen people I, I hear it all the time you know my last coach told me to pull out chewing gum well do you have an issue with chewing gum slash how much chewing gum are you eating <laughs> that's the question yeah, yeah. To, to, to get to, that much to, air in to have to have a problem you, know? you, you said it there about air in your system because yeah. when you chew you get that you can get that bloatedness yeah. um, but I did find myself I think it was last year or maybe a few years ago and I'd buy a pack and walk home which was like 10 minutes and you chew a bit Spit it out. Chew a bit. Spit it out. Chew it out. It's like, you know what? Every prep from now on, I don't touch any gum. Yeah. Because once you don't have it, you don't miss it. Yeah. But once I put it in, it's like, I need it. I need it. I need it all day. So um, the bloating potentially, but as well as just the, the, the addiction to it, <laughs> I definitely, yeah. I try and stay away. Yeah. So I think, uh, guys, there's, there's so much we could talk about anyway i don't know how long this is this one's been going for but we were actually going to kind of cover more subjects than this 
Um, yeah. But <laughs> as always, you know, we, we've spoken about just a few things, and, and probably it's going to be an hour long. Um, <laughs> so should, let, should we just let's let's round it off there? Yeah. Um, any kind of closing closing thoughts um, that any of you have to um, to what we've spoken about today? I would say. If you feel like you're not enjoying the process per se and you want to enjoy it more, speak to your coach. <laughs> um, and there's so many options and you know recommendations out there that could be utilized to, to get you to the goal that you want to get to. There's many different ways to skin a cat. Yes. Exactly. So <laughs> try not to compare what you're doing with someone else. Because you might say, oh, this girl's got no cardio and this person's got loads of cardio and this person's eating that much food and this person's having a cheat meal everyone requires something different to get to the to their best so just stay in like your lane focus on what you're doing and openly communicate with your coach and that allows them to create a plan that works best for you your lifestyle and everything but we as coaches can't adjust things if we, we don't know we don't understand so just be open and Hit us up, Elite Physique Training. <laughs> anyway, guys, thank you for joining us on today's podcast. Um, remember to like, subscribe. Depends on obviously where, where you're seeing this. Make sure you give us a review, honest review on Spotify and Apple. Um, and any questions that you want us to cover in future podcasts. Actually, this podcast is based off a question that we got on a previous podcast. Um, so we do obviously you know, address things. We do see everything um, and we do respond to them as well. So any questions you've got, or any certain kind of topics you want us to all discuss, then um, just drop them in the comments. Um, but thank you for joining us and um, we'll see you on the next one soon.